With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is former Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion, the star of the Wrestling Road Diaries, and current NWA Power Superstar, your pal, Sal Renaro, and you're listening to my good buddy Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Man, if I had a really cool catchphrase, I'd say it right now. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling's Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer! Welcome back, welcome back. I've missed you all. I tell you, having these little wee breaks now, obviously not doing four episodes a month, this is the new way we're doing it on Stu's Wrestling Podcast. So yeah, between two to three episodes of the show a month. Now, just going forward, just wanted to say in this intro, I wanted to let you all know what's happening. Uh, we've got other stuff going on. I'm doing an MMA and boxing show now with my cousin, Powered for uh, happily having us on there. And uh, Rich and John have been doing all the editing stuff on the live on stream. So we're really happy with that. Anyway, let's get to this week's episode. And we travelled to Ohio this week to see The Bachelor, Benjamin Boone. Bachelor has been a wrestler for 14 years. We talk about The Bachelor gimmick and how that came to be. We talk about him training the stars of tomorrow with Trey Miguel and Crimson at Skull and Bones. We get into matches that he's had, some of his favourite matches as a fan. So from WWE, WCW, you get to hear all this and more this week. With The Bachelor, Benjamin Boone, on Stu's Wrestling Podcast for episode 78. Enjoy. My guest, all the way from Toledo, Ohio, it is The Bachelor, Benjamin Boone, a 14-year pro in wrestling. Too, Ben, I've got to get that in. Oh, man. You know, th- thank you for including that. Reminded me, uh, 
that I've been doing this a little bit way too long, but <laughs> you're so kind. <laughs> that, that number in the years, you know, number of years in the business, man, that's incredible. That's, you know, I'm sure you've seen a lot of people come and go during that time with shorter careers and stuff. So that's, uh, that's testament to you, man. Absolutely. Thank you, man. You know, and, and it's, and that, and not only of uh, the amount of people that have come and gone, that have joined, that have stayed, that have gone on to bigger and better things, uh, you know, really, the, the business has radically shifted in, in the, the 14 years. Um, so when I started, I actually trained uh, later in 2006, had my first match in April 2007. So we are coming up on the 14th anniversary of it. You know, the business was much different then. You know, the mid-2000s, um, the products overall was not exactly hot, you know. Um, you know WWE, obviously, the big game in town, Impact. Uh, you know, was starting to hit their stride. But other than that, man, I mean, like the independence, I, I remember even even where I trained at Cleveland All-Pro, I mean, they're very dependent on having the names come in to, to pack the house every month because otherwise, I mean, you, you'd be drawing probably 50 to 70 people. You know, 100, 100 people at an independent show, you know, back when I started, I think that was considered, you know, a pretty good house. You know, nowadays... You know, let's 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 remove COVID from from the equation. You know, a hundred people. I mean, people would be saying, "Hey, man, what 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 happened? Was there was there a baseball game that was going on? Like, you, you know, like the hundred number, or the the hundred is a much different number now than it did back then." Um, but really, like when I started too, and, and I'm so sorry to take over this no, uh, no, very about- initial thing and go on this long rant. You it's know, about you, where I'm- I start. Yeah, you know, where I started in Cleveland All-Pro Wrestling, I mean, there there were uh, there's still a lot of hidden gems. You can find them on YouTube. Um, some, uh, I'm good friends with Gregory Iron. He's uploaded on the Iron on Wrestling YouTube channel. Um, you know, there, there's a triple threat match, for example, of uh, Cesaro, uh, Claudio Casanoli, um, and uh, Brian Danielson, um, and Christopher Daniels, a triple threat from, from 2006, I believe, you know. That's that's you know that tells you about uh, the time frame that we are in and, and and all those guys are on you know on, on great platforms now you know and, and they were revered back then too you know and and matches like Rhino versus Bonnie Brown um, and also like so, some weird collection of matches too like one I love to show people you know in the business um, Lord Zoltan I don't know if you've ever heard of him uh, he he's a longtime journeyman wrestler. Um, many 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 decades you know he wears like face paint you know very you know creepy macabre and all that and honky tonk man um brother man like if, if you want to see some true memphis you watch that match i think there was not even any bumps in that match it was incredible <laughs> <laughs> That's that's what a, what a vast repertoire of guys that is, though. You know, when you're talking about Cesaro, Claudio, Daniel Bryan, now you must you saw them at an independent level. Could you have foreseen how successful they were going to go on to be in the mainstream of wrestling? Even at that point, like now, I mean, I'm not even in in the in the business training yet. You know, I'm there as a ticket buying fan seeing that and you 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 could just you could just tell even if you're if, if you don't have like that sharp nuanced you know um 
mechanics in your brain, you know, of like, okay, he's going to do this, you know, like you just know that they were a cut above. Um, and seeing them in action it just, just blew my mind, you know, and that, and that gives inspiration for somebody like myself and other people. It's like, Oh, like that's where I want to be. And that's, and that really, man, like all those guys have been well-traveled, you know, I, and, I th and that's something that I address to any, anybody younger in the business. Um, people like, uh, at, at, uh, skull and bones, um, you know, one of the, one of the assistant trainers there, um, you know, that, and that's something that we always make sure to, to tell younger people, you have to go out and travel. That's how you get better as a performer. You know, WWE, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, they're not going to come to your local hometown and knock on your door. You have to get out of your town. You have to hit the roads. You have to fly to learn your craft and work with as many people as possible. Learn as many styles as you can and really become fine and nuanced. That's 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 really the key, you know. Also, reliability. You know, don't be a don't be a piece of crap. <laughs> how how was it? How was it when you went into training when you first started? How how tough was it for you, or did you did it all come pretty easy to you? Man, like I, I really like that you gave that, that that little nugget of optimism. Like, oh, did it come easy? Hell no, it did not come easy. <laughs> I uh, I did not play any sports growing up. Um, I did, I did acting in theater when I was younger. So when it came to like that side of the business, cool. You know, that, that came a little bit easier than the actual physicality of the business. Um, something I, I, I should have, uh, uh, paid more attention to, but that's all right. Um, so let me, let me lay out how the, our tr initial training school was. So I trained at Cleveland All Pro Wrestling in, in the middle of Cleveland, Ohio, not in a very safe area of Cleveland. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the building, Turner's Hall, um, which has been a beacon for independent wrestling for many years, for Cleveland All-Pro and uh, Absolute Intense Wrestling. Um, it, I believe it was like, a, it was an old like elementary school building. Like it was hosted, it hosted Bingo. You know, that was the big, the big draw there. And our ring was in the basement of this building. So Stu, I... I cannot emphasize of how tightly cramped that this basement was. The ring barely fit in the room. We could only hit the ropes one side because if you ran the ropes the other way, you have, you hit the wall. Um, so it was a very, very tight fit. And not only that, the ring had seen better days. So the, the ring should be pretty level like this. There was a dip just like this in the middle of the ring, duct tape on, on, on the canvas all around. Um, not the most ideal thing, <laughs> I will say that. That being said, um, the first day was very hard. You know, learning to run the ropes. I remember specifically thinking, running the ropes, that's, that's gotta be easy. I can do that. Yeah, probably... Two times that I hit, I would suck and win easily. Um, <laughs> and uh, when it came to bumping, I think for 99% of people that come into the wrestling business, your first bump will suck. You know, I'm not just talking about like how it feels, but the form. Because your body is not made to fall down. It just isn't. So that there is this a secret art and technique to learning how to fall, 
spread your limbs out, you know, just to make sure that the whole body absorbs the impact and that you don't get hurt, tucking your chin, all that good stuff. Um, my, my first day just mostly consisted of learning how to bump, uh, running the ropes and hitting the turnbuckles too. So I think the whole, the whole day maybe lasted two or three hours, but I wanted to puke at the end. You know, there, there are, there are other schools that have more intensive training drills and things like that. Thank God JT lightning didn't put us through that. Cause I think I, <laughs> I would have been worse for wear, even more worse for wear at that point. I bet you wouldn't have traded it for the world, though. Training there, by the sounds of it, you know, is the, the way it the way it was. Do you, do you do you remember it with fondness being there at that venue? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's. I mean, like, even though it was so hard, it, it was. I, I I think of it so so well, and, and because I mean, that's that's your beginning, man. That's how I got started was through that, and I appreciate the fact that my initial training school was a dump, you know, because it made me appreciate where I would go from there, from different venues, different buildings, different promotions, working with different people. Um, you know, in, in, in essence, it, it was very, uh, a very humbling start to begin with, you know, and, and also too, like, I'm, I mean, that's, that's how I met Gregory Iron, you know, he's, he's become a, a good friend. Um, you know, Johnny Gargano, he took over training, when JT uh, left um, and Johnny, you know, he's, he's like a year or two younger than me, but I mean, he's, he's, he's a much, much better wrestler than I am. You know what I mean? So even, even at that point, so him leading things and dispensing his knowledge was, was wonderful. And then, you know, seeing younger, you know, people that we know now, you know, guys like, you know, like Bobby Beverly, the Bev and uh, 440, for example, um, you know, it was, it was a great way to, to make those connections and get my, my feet wet in the business. And, and also too, um, it's something that I tell people, I live in Toledo, Ohio and, and drove to Cleveland. So that's about a two hour drive one way. So, and I was doing that twice, twice a week. Um, incredible dedication, you know, like, oh, thanks. You know, like. I, I just knew because I, I don't think that there was a school in, in my hometown at that point, you know, and thank God now that, you know, Skull and Bones is up and running just past its first year anniversary, you know, and has become um, people now come there to, to train, you know, and, you know, even guys like Alex Shelley, it, you know, he stops by there once a week to work with, you know, Trey Miguel and other up and coming individuals. Uh, we just had uh, JT Davidson, the iron manager, uh, for OI4K, now he's he's there to to help out when he can. Um, but anyways, I know I'm, I'm going on so many different tangents. And, fine. You know, different it's fine. Here. But doing doing those drives, you know, for me, it was a very conscious decision knowing that I would have to travel to, to wrestle. So it was my way of conditioning myself to do drives back and forth and not have it be taxing because – some people, when they get into business, they get allergic to bumps and hitting the ropes and all that. Other people, they're allergic to the travel. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, was not physically, you know, gifted, got myself there. But, you know, I took steps to ensure to, to get better. Um, then years later, um, I got touched up at the Can-Am School in Windsor, Ontario. Um, at that point, it was run by Tyson Dukes. 
um, you know, still run by, you know, Scott Demore of, you know, of, of Impact Wrestling. Um, and, and I really credit them for really um, sharpening my skills, worked on my footwork, all that good stuff that, you know, once I was getting out there, I needed to get to that next level. So um, even though I trained at one place, I went to another. I think that's also very crucial for anybody in the business. Just because you started at one place doesn't mean that you should be totally married to there. Go to other places and learn what you can. You know, whether it's the Can-Am, also Truth, Windows Open, uh, the Lance Storm Academy, you know, Skull and Bones, wherever you go, you know, pick and choose. You know, there. that's the beautiful part about professional wrestling is that there's all sorts of different nuances, different ways to learn things. But it makes it, it makes the, the, the picture complete in a way. That's, that's incredible. It, it's be as independent as you are for the different promotions and, and you know, have, do that in training. That's what I take away from that. When was, when was the first match? What was the time frame from training to the first match? Now, this differs from guy to guy. I've heard, like, straight away. I've heard 18 months, two years until the first match. So, for you personally, when, when was that first bout? So I began training, it was September of 2006, and my first match was April 15th. So, you know, yeah, it was, it was about seven months um, from my first match. Um, so, yeah, and, and my first match was a, a tag team battle royal. Um, there were actually two that night. Um, so Cleveland All Pro, they filmed for TV for a local sports station called Sports Time Ohio, um, which coincidentally... Uh, was part of sports packages nationwide in the United States. So very quickly, you know, when I when Cleveland All Pro broke away and Pro Wrestling Ohio came on, you know, I was getting messages from people across the United States of you know fans watching our products, which was which blew my mind. Um, but anyhow, there there was a situation I think that. Uh, that, that there were two there were two tag team battle royals because the tag belts were vacated and the winners of those two would face each other for the Cleveland All Pro belt. It basically took after I don't know if you remember the the day after WrestleMania twenty three, John Cena and Shawn Michaels were the tag champions and they defended their their titles in a in a tag team battle royal, all that good stuff. JT took it straight from that, you know. <laughs> um, it was also you know it was, it was a good way to you know throw up a bunch of guys. Uh, in the ring, and, uh, you know, I'll never forget, I really didn't have a developed name at that point yet. Um, it, it was actually, I think, a month or two before uh, when coming up with the name, Johnny Gargano asked, like, hey, what's what's a name that you want to, to use? And I said, I, I, I had this idea at first of, like, Blade or Blaze, because I'm, I'm a big fan of alliteration, um, but there are so many wrestlers with the last name Blade and Blaze, you know, that he said, like, no, don't, don't do that. Um, <laughs> and in figuring out, like, a persona or, or whatever, I was, I was much heavier at this point. I was about 275, 280 um, at, this, at this point in my life and thought about doing, like, more of, like, a comedic, um, you know, asshole-ish type of character, you know, like this jock type character, fat jock, I should say. And I asked uh, Gargano, who uh, the most obnoxious person in his school, what his name was. And he said his last name was Boone. I'm like, hmm, there it is. Okay. 
So that worked. Um, so then, you know, when JT was going around pulling whoever was there, all the extras for this battle royal, um, you know, JT asked me, dude, that's how we talk, dude. But uh, what's your name? And I just said, uh, I don't know, big. I, I used Benny at the time, Benny Boone. And he's like, that, nah, that's fucking stupid. And walks off. <laughs> <laughs> But he used it. He used it. Uh, uh, that's um, it, mom. You know, like, um, and, and, and Boone stuck with me since. And, you know, it's, that's fine. You know, like, I, I, I love it. Um, but, yeah, so the, the first match, I was tagged up with a gentleman named Big Time Billy Taylor. Um, and we did, the, we did the Battle Royal. The rules were if your partner was eliminated, then, you know, the team was out. My guy was thrown out, I think, maybe a minute or two in the match. But they kept me in because all the vets knew, ah, this is the this is the young kid. You know, we got we got we gotta give him the chops. We got we gotta haze him, you know. So, you know, it, I got all the chops on my chest. Uh there's a wrestler named Super Oprah that did the stink face. Uh all all that good stuff, you know, to you know as a welcome to the business <laughs> type uh, um, type of a welcome. Um but I was so excited, you know, that I had the, the chance to, to, to come into the ring and do my match. Oh, and, and before I forget, too, I have to I have to paint you the picture of what I wore for my first match. Um, or should I say my lack of gear? Because, again, um, this is something, you know, for, for young students, too. If you know that you're going to have a match coming up or training to have a match in the future, have gear. I had um, a athletic tank top, a Tommy Hilfiger tank top. I had uh, workout pants that were like green and silver that my brother gave to me. I wore kick pads that I bought at the, the local martial arts store and shoes. Um, so I, I looked like a very, very much like a Yarder Spirit Squad member. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's quite a painting without a photo. If we can find a photo of that when we put this out, I'll I'd, I'd gladly use that. I tell you. <laughs> you, you, you might have to you might have to dig, dig deep in the rabbit hole of YouTube yeah. for for that match. I don't I don't even know if it's uploaded yet, but and if you find it, please please upload it. <laughs> you know you know who'd appreciate that, Justin Clapper, our friend from Wrestling Travel. He'd, he'd appreciate it if you saw that photo, absolutely. How was it developing the moves and your move set early on? I know move move sets change with guys over years. Did you did you stick to those moves that you've used from the start? Um, I would say mostly yes. Um, one of the, one of the moves that I do, um, I do a and I run the ropes, you know, jump up and down and do a splash. It's a pretty typical move. I've always. Even even at the start of my career, when I was much heavier, um, I've always been pretty flexible. So instead of having my body, you know, just be flat like this, I was able to do it in, in a bit of a U shape. So it looks it, it looks visually impressive. Um, I, I first did that in a, in a match, and Gargano said like for me to, to keep in my in my repertoire. Um, and then other things, you know, I've developed here and and I've and I've left out. Um, when I tagged with uh, Nate Matson as the Sons of Michigan tag team, um, you know, I, I very, very much would revolve moves around like 
a palm strike, you know, because of, you know, the Michigan deal. Um, I don't do that much anymore. It, it doesn't, it doesn't really fit with what I do now. Um, and then other moves and spots I've developed, especially in the past couple of years, uh, that would fit more of my bachelor persona. Um, cause if, I, if I'm a bachelor, I would fight a different way than let's say a stone cold Steve Austin, a Trey Miguel, you know, a madman Fulton, all, all those, all those type of guys. You know, so it, 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 it's a gradual process. Um, but, but yeah, you know, some, some I've left out and some, it, it, some I've left out, you know, I could certainly teach, you know, for, for somebody, if they wanted to use it, if they wanted to steal it um, and others I've picked up along the way. But I actually learned um, from uh, Joey Legend, uh, who I'm, I've become very close to over the years, um, with, with him being world traveled and everything, he showed us uh, some world of sport type of spots. You know, one, one he showed me of trapping a guy with my legs while I'm laying on the ground and essentially doing a handstand up and the guy taking a flip bump. So it's basically like I'm, I'm doing a laying down hurt rata. Uh, I call it a lazy rata. Um, I've, I've been able to implement that, you know, in my, in my loop set, you know, because it looks, it looked cute, but also nobody does it. And, Plus two, I'm I'm not gonna do a reverse Rana or anything crazy, you know, like that. So, um, and 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 that's you know to, to go into that in that uh in that aspect too of watching old like older wrestling and especially the older world of sport um shows as well to pick up you know move ideas or even spots with chain and all that. So I tell you what. Well, it was a staple over here on television for so many years. That was the that was the go-to thing to watch on the Saturday here. But you know what I like about it? I like how you guys in America speak with fondness about world of sport. That that's that's incredible to hear from 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 workers, wrestlers, absolutely. And it's testament to what what they were doing over there. Oh, oh, hundred percent. You know, and you know, for somebody of, of my generation that you know discovered it. You know, right in the advent of, of YouTube and, you know, guys like Cole Cabana and everybody that, you know, was a, a great fan of World of Sport, implemented it into his character, persona, his moveset, and making it more, you know, mainstream. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's absolutely great to see. And I think, too, with even fans younger, you know, you saw bits and pieces of it, you know, with, you know, Baby Boy Smith and, you know, Dynamite Kid. Um, they brought, you know, a couple of those, you know, uh, aspects of their work to the to the WWF to Japan and all that, um, it, which you know it, it goes to show you too of like th those those influences have to be traced back to somewhere and in, and once you once you find that main source of inspiration, it's it's like unlocking like a treasure trove of just knowledge of like oh man how have I never seen this before? Um, you know certainly for kids like me that grew up you know watching WWF superstars and things like that. Like, I can only imagine what it was like for you, you know, girl. I, I, you, you have to, you have to tell me what channel it aired on over in the UK, but I mean, it's, uh, channel four. Is that it was I, I T ITV, which would be okay. known over here as channel three when it was just terrestrial yeah. satellite was coming through in the late eighties, but we had, when I was a kid starting watching te television, it was, you had your four channels. So, Everything you saw, but you'd get you'd get WCW in in the nineties. So we'd get Worldwide every week. I'd have to watch 
superstars like yourself at my cousin's house and then Raw, Raw coming in in 93. But it was a better time. I, I preferred that time because, you know, you only have, you only have the four channels per se over here. And, and I, I, I prefer it. I just don't like all these channels now. I know the internet age changed stuff, but that, that was a better time to me because you didn't have as much stuff and a lot more people watched it because you didn't have all those channels. Yeah, you know, and I think you touched upon something really, really interesting there of, you know, now now we live in this day and age of the internet where we have, you know, so much uh, access to, you know, different channels, different promotions, not just, you know, top companies, but also the independents, you know, that it can be overwhelming. They can choose, you know, of, of what to watch and everything. Um, but yeah, certainly, you know, like growing up, you know, we had that fondness of, you know, like, like in your case, the four channels, you know, you were able to watch not only World of Sport, but you're also able to find, you know, worldwide, uh, go to your friend's house to watch superstars. You guys got WWF pay-per-views for free, damn it. So for many, <laughs> many, many years. And this is why I wasn't disgruntled. We get paid, we get paid, we get charged for the same get my words mixed up here we pay nine nine pounds 99 in sterling to your us which was 9.99 i know now you can do it with peacock for 4.99 with the uh, adverts and i just say to people look look how many years the americans had to pay for, for the for the events like and it wasn't till like 97 i think 98 we started getting charged on box office so we were lucky man I, I wasn't I wasn't disgruntled paying because I said the Americans were paying God knows what per, uh, for pay-per-view at the time. And not, and not only that too, but you had the, the UK pay-per-views. Oh my God. And Capital May, you know, and, and all that stuff that like, we would see the, like, the, the highlights of on like, you know, Raw or whatever, but then it would be released on home video and DVD, you know, in a couple months, you know, and, and it, was, it was essentially, you know, a house show of event, but still so cool to be able to see like oh man this happened over there and i have to wait to buy it you know so you know but there's there's some great gems of matches uh on there you know some stinkers of course i think wasn't it um i think over there i think it was like a 98 that like one of the uk pay-per-views like uh uh jacqueline you know she got like her her pop topped off you know her, her pop to <laughs> I, I, oh god Pop, popped off, hard for me to say, uh, and it, and you know, her breasts worked out, you know, like, <laughs> I think I, I think it was like, through a spot or whatever, I mean, you could never do that today, but I mean, it, it spoke to the volume of, like, where the business was at that point, you know, so, um, and then, you know, certainly, I think during the Invasion era, you know, you had, like, I want to say, there was, like, a WWF championship versus WCW championship uh title versus title cage match i think it was um i think it was like jericho and steve austin i think would have been would have been i think it would have been rebellion when they brought because we we obviously yes. we had rebellion for a while then they then they obviously yes. more more latterly they went into insurrection <laughs> i was i was only speaking to just incredible last week for for an interview and um, we we did. I know it's been dissected to the nines, but we spoke about the plane ride from hell in two thousand two when they were coming back over. I couldn't, Ben. I could not not speak to him about that. I said, I know. I said I've seen hundreds of interviews of you with X Pack talking about it, but it's just him, like a visual in our minds, him wheeling Scott Hall through the terminal building because he's absolutely paralytic. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And just crazy, too. And I think that was, like, one of the last UK pay-per-views they did. I think, I think oh, 2003 might have been the last one where it was, yeah, I, and then, yeah, yeah, and then we did, like, then what they did was they do the Raw, they do Raw, but you'd obviously it'd be pre-taped and then put out later on. So, yeah, I, I've been, I went to, uh, I went to Raw in Birmingham, which is in the Midlands, which is, like, two and a half hours away from here. So went sure. to went went to watch Raw live and Christian Christian was still with Tomko and they put him up against Batista. Christian was so over in, in the UK, you know. It was like it, prior to him going to TNA in, in two thousand and six, obviously. But he he was over, man. They could have put the belt on him. I'm sure of that because you could just tell you could just tell by the reaction. It was crazy. It was crazy in there that night. And Batista was the face, but people wanted Christian, man. They they, they absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. And I think that was that was a sign of, of things to come too. Cause I mean that's when Christian was really hitting his stride. Like that 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 late, you know, 2004, 05 era. He jumped uh, to the TNA and then he came back, you know. So it's an, an interesting of him to go to AEW now. Christian's always been like a, a, a huge constant of how he's always been really good. Um, you know, especially with his with with his character and his, and his, you know, mic work and everything. Um, and it was a shame that like in the WWE, he only had a couple of brief world title runs. And I think that was just more due to, you know, uh, circumstance and more than anything, you know, he had, he had a great run as NWA champion and, and impact. So I'm very, I'm very anxious to see of, of where he's going to, what he's going to do in, in AEW now that he's there, you know? And also just more, more recently, Booker T, Booker T came out and said about him being one of the most underrated talents ever. And I, I agree. And, and that's coming from Booker T. And, you know, I'm sure Christian doesn't look at it like that. He's been, he's been successful, but it, it's nice, it was nice to hear Booker T about him. You know, as, as you say, it was just uh, that the, the title run, the title runs were brief, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, now that it's, it's so crazy too, of all these people coming back after, after injuries that were deemed, you know, career enders, you know, with Christian, with his concussions, Edge, with his knack. Um, it's, 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 it's so weird that we're having like this, this era, this Renaissance era of these, of these great talents, you know, we're seeing them again, you know, we thought like what happened to Shawn Michaels almost 20 years ago of like, that was like a once in a lifetime situation. Now it's, it's becoming common, and I think that speaks to how like advanced are are you know of how things are 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 in you know in medicine um, with sports athletes with training you know things like that um, that you know with Edge you know that his career is cut off too soon Christian his career is cut off too soon they have that second chance now we get to see of where things go. It was it caught me by surprise though because. Christian was obviously in the Rumble a couple of months ago, so you'd be you'd be leading to believe they're going to use him in some capacity. So it did for me. It did come out of left field, but then you know you've seen Paul White, you've seen the Big Show go there. But as much as they're going to be on air talents, it's going to be that consultancy basis for the younger guys, isn't it? As well, that wealth, that wealth of knowledge. Yourself being a trainer, how how do you think that will go? It's it's got to be. It's going to be amazing for those younger guys. Having, having Christian and Paul White involved, the wealth of experience is unmatched. Oh, sure. You know, and, and, and it's only going to help 
improve AEW because and, and that's and that's what any any promotion any product needs. I mean, you need to have your wealth of new up and coming talents mixed in with those established veterans, both on screen and backstage too. Um, like in AEW's case, you know, now they have you know Paul White, they have Christian Cage, um, they've had Matt Hardy there. Chris Jericho was, you know, the, the first, you know, big name that crossed over, you know, Cody Rhodes, but I mean, he, he runs the company, you know what I mean? And then, you know, people backstage, like your Art Andersons, um, your Dean Malenko's that are, that are there to help, um, to, to, to basically that, that help, uh, help the new guys, you know, um, with, with their game, because AEW is still a very young product, you know, so it has time to develop and mature. You know, the same thing with, with NXT, you know, the, the guys there, you know, like um, like MSK, you know, I, I I spent years with them at Rockstar Pro on the independence, you know. Um, now now they're getting the 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 highlight and, and spotlight they deserve, you know, but they're they're backstage and, and they're surrounded by a wealth of knowledge, not only at NXT, but also at the PC. I mean, for God's sakes, Shawn Michaels is there, you know, <laughs> as a as a coach. I mean and, and, and most would agree that he is the best well-rounded talent of all time. So, you know, you, you, you could probably learn a thing or two from old HBK. <laughs> I just, I just like, I think there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of negativity about the product. I'm not about that as, as a fan. Um, I, I see, I see split opinion of AEW. I really do. I, I love, I love it. But people like, they, they, they maintain they're not going to be like WWE and they bring comments out about, WWE in the way it's run, but then people are seeing similarities with AEW and what's being put on screen every week. But I, I, I think that's unjust. I think they are trying, and as you say, as you've alluded to, they're still in their infancy as a product. AEW. I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair that they're criticised. But that's the way of the world. That's not just wrestling. That's everything. Everyone, everyone's given a forum, rightly or wrongly. And not only that too, but when when AEW first launched on TNT, you know, they had crowds. And then a few months later, crowds were no more. So most of the time that they've been on television, they've been doing it without a packed, without packed arenas, you know, they're still figuring things out on the, on the go. I mean, you know, in WWE had to do that, you know, with, with doing Friday night SmackDown a year ago uh, with no fans. And then it developed from empty arena shows to the Thunderdome. You know, so it's 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 been trial and error. I mean, even an established company like WWE, I mean, it took time from them to figure out how can we have a show on television without fans and have it be engaging and entertaining. You know, and like I had a buddy of mine say, "Oh, well, they, well, they should have done Thunderdome from the start." Listen, you 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 you're, you're given a day or two notice of SmackDown running without fans. You have WrestleMania two or three two or three weeks later. Um, what do you do? You know, that's the, you're you're figuring out of 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 putting pulling off the show first, and then you're you're learning things on the go. Um, you know, and when when people look back in five years of of last year's WrestleMania, I mean, it's it's going to be one so much different to watch, but also it's, it's going to be more of a case study more than anything else of how do you run a show without any fans for some people, for a lot of the talents there, it's almost full circle of, 
of having their first matches in front of, you know, 10, 20, 30 people. And then you're on the biggest show in front of nobody, you know, it's, it's such a weird full circle moment, um, that nobody would have called. Um, but man, I, I, and you know, I, I, I forgot what, where, what the initial question was offhand. I just got off on this. It's on just this, how, it's just how people, it's just how people, you know, everyone, do you know what, do you know what my problem is? The fans, I'm not going to berate the fans. There's a lot of brilliant fans out there. They're all they're all experts. That's the problem. And that it's not just wrestling. It's any any sport, anything in entertainment. Well, I would have done this. I would have done that. But my argument is, you're not in that position in the first place. You couldn't write. You couldn't write TV because you know the, the writers. The writers get berated. I think unjustly sometimes. At the end of the day, and and these people still watch the product week in week out. They 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 slag it off. I just, I just think to myself, don't watch it, don't watch it. Then, if you can't, if it's doing your head in so much, don't watch the show. I... You, you, you know, like the, the the whole concept of hate watching, I never got and understood. You know, but I also think that it's developed too into this this pattern of you watch something to complain about it because if you complain or or, or do something negative i mean usually that gets a lot of attention that's a lot of likes that's not you know that's not a social media thing that's just a humanity thing um but i think that it's it's gotten it's it's gotten out of control you know um you know in myself you know when i log on to social media i mean i interact with people accounts that i want to interact with you know if somebody wants to tweet at me and say that i suck you know cool that's that's your opinion i'm not gonna dwell on it yeah. you know um but i don't know but there, there there are people that just they it's it seems like they get they get off on the fact of, and they look forward to just interacting or just you know having arguments online you know and i just don't get it i don't understand it you know with and i, give, I guarantee you 99.9 percent .9 of these people that would say these things you know, behind a screen would never say that to you, to your face. No, no. Would never. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Or, 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 or they'll be nice to you and then they'll say, like, <laughs> yeah. Man, I saw Ben Boone at this show and <laughs> God, I, I hate, I hate his you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's the way it's, it's society, I'm afraid. But as you say, I think just over, over your head and, and, and like you say, you know, it's great to be praised, but then if people want to be negative, be negative. But I think, uh, I, I find Twitter, I find Twitter seems to be the worst because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of issues with soccer over here, soccer players getting called out and there's, there's racism and things going on and they'll find, they'll find these people. I think out of all those social medias, Twitter, Twitter seems to be the most toxic for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, um, and, and not only that too, you know, like even, you know, with, with things that are heading towards like a positive direction, you know, there, there are people that will leech off that and use it to try to benefit themselves. You know what I mean? Rather than, than, than go towards a good cause, you know? Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think that I think just with, with time, I'll, I'd like to think, cause I, I like to, I like to look things through an optimist lens that things will, you know, calm and simmer down. I think it's just, I think it's just a sign of the times right now. We just have to, you know, ride the wave and then just, uh, just, just don't, don't get caught up into it. You know what I mean? So, 
it's intensified through the pandemic. It's like you're seeing people, you're seeing people for what they really are as well. But you know, it's 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 just it's been it's been crazy. Mr. Boone, I want to get back to you though and your career. So where outside of Ohio have you wrestled? I'm sure you've wrestled in various states over the years. And which which states have you had the most fun in and traveling to and, and, and the road life? Well, I mean, like states promotions wise, I mean, um, obviously in, in Ohio, like I really, I really felt that I um, became a much better worker for places like, uh, like Rockstar Pro Wrestling um, in, in the Dayton area, you know, they were running shows every week. So it was, you know, every week you had a chance to, you know, have a match and, you know, uh, learn your craft and, and perfect it, you know, having runs in a AIW in Cleveland, AAW, uh, in, in the Chicago area, uh, with Gregory iron as part of the iron curtain. Um, and then, you know, like I, I, um, over a year ago, uh, I did a, I did a shot at hood slam in California. One of the most, one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. Um, you know, and I cannot wait to go back. I cannot wait for them to, to run again. Um, Man, I've, I've stage wise, I think I've, I've wrestled about 15 or 16 states, wow. you know, like, you know, incredible, you know, and, 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 and some, some were only, you know, like one time, it was just like a passing through type of deal. Um, I had the majority of my experience as well in Canada, uh, specifically in the Ontario area, um, you know, working, you know, like for, you know, like border city wrestling, you know, places like that. I've done, you know, a few shows for like smash wrestling up there. Um, um, Local independents that did a lot of touring too, so um, you know being able to to do that as well. Uh, for, for a time, a lot of people thought I was Canadian because I was there a lot, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, and and people people it's it's when I began, I did um, the tag team with uh, with Matt's and Sons of Michigan, so people thought I was from from Detroit. Um, and then later on, you know, people thought that I was Canadian. You know, most most people don't think I'm from Ohio. Which is funny, but I guess that's that's a that's a testament though to me being traveled. I I'd like to think, um, but I, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, I I do have a a great fondness for for Canada as well. Um, last year was the first year in ten years that I was not able to to cross the border and do a show because of the pandemic, obviously. So, um, and there there's some things lined up, up there too, you know, and, and speaking to other promotions in in the UK too, of possibly doing a, a tour there, you know, just, just so much was shut down, but I'm not dwelling on that. You know, I think that things are on pause. Uh, the pause button is, is about to be hit again. Things are, things are, things will be uh, back in motion. They have been um, that you can see in the United States, like GCW and other independents slowly opening up. Um, I just had my first, match in a few months in uh, Wisconsin uh, for Bruce City Wrestling, another place that um, I've, I, I, I love and being a part of. I was actually their, uh, their world heavyweight champion there. Um, and it is a, a verified world champion because Steve Carino held it and defended it overseas. So it is a world champion. So championship, excuse me. Um, you know, so that's, that's, and, and that's, a, that's a great place to, to go as well. Um, but man, like the the amount of people that they had there, um, and 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 how how well you know the fans behave. People just want to go back to normal. They want to live life again. Um, 
being stuck in their homes for the past year, um, you know, the first week it's, it's, it's awesome. You know, it's like, Oh, you know, oh man, it's like a snow day. It's like a snow week. But then after a while, I mean, there's nothing to do. You know, you run out of things to do things manifest. Um, you know, you, you take to Twitter to, 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 to tweet at, you know, Stewie, ah, you suck. I don't like how you talk, you know, like, you know, or just finding, finding things to occupy your mind for the good and for the bad. Um, so that's, that's what I noticed, you know, going to, to Bruce city is that fans that, and it was a packed house too, of, you know, of, of what, of what we can do. Obviously. How many, how many were there? How many were in, in attendance for that one? Um, I would say probably about maybe a hundred, 125. Yeah. I'm that's, you know, so. For the moment with everything, you know, that, that's still solid. Still, still very yeah. solid, you know, um, and, you know, the performers are still keeping safe and all that good stuff. But, man, like, that's that's when when, when, when everyone's vaccinated or, or, or whatever the appropriate measures are taken um, and uh, we're allowed to live life again. I mean, show's going to be packed, you know. I, and, 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 I'm, and, I'll, and I'll love it. Probably will, people will probably pop for like a big tackle, you know, or, you know, something simple. Cause they're just going to be so excited to see live wrestling again. Um, and like I said, you are seeing it in places here and there, but on the whole, um, cause that's, that's where it was a year ago. You know, the independents were hot, white hot. Um, you know, and, and like what I was mentioning earlier of like the amount of people that were coming to shows, I mean, you're, pe- you're turning people away. You know, and some of these places, you know, they might not have, you know, like the X WWE X, you know, impacts, you know, type of names or whatever. Um, people are just wanting to see wrestling. Um, that inter- interactivity that makes professional wrestling so unique and so special. Um, and that you're seeing, you know, talents that will go on to, to, to bigger, better things, you know, but you're, you're seeing them in their, in their infancy. Um, yeah, man, that's, uh, again, you know, I'm going off on a, on a, no, carry on, man, carry on, man. That's what it's all about. But yeah, man, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's really what it's, what it's about. Um, and just it, there, there's only so much that you can do doing matches, taping, you know, um, and, and there are other places that have taped matches, um, in front of no fans and all that, but just having that live, that live interaction, you know, that, that instant feedback, that's what makes this business so special. It's been, it's been hard over here for, for the fans and, and the talent and, you know, the guys that do it as a full-time job, but not having any, not having anything over here, you know, state, state to state over there. There has been shows, as you say, but it's going to be, it's going to be a different beast over here again, once they can run. Because our, our independence scene, I'm sure you're aware of it, for many years has been thriving. It's it's one of the hottest hottest areas worldwide. It's just it's just crazy. But I feel I feel for the guys. I feel for the guys who've had you know. There's been a lot of issues with mental health. Some of the workers, but I think there'll be a newfound appreciation, especially over here in the UK, when you go to a show and and for for, for workers and um, you know the the crowd as well. 
Absolutely, you know, and um, and and for those during this 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 past year, you know, some people have gotten creative in developing their characters and all that because what you can do bell to bell in the ring, you know, there there's there's a lot of people out there that can surpass what I can do, but it all comes down to what makes you special. It's your persona, you know. So if it's doing things like cameo or you know little promos on Twitter. Things like that, you know, that, that show, you know, who who you are and what gravitates people towards you. That's that's what professional wrestling is about, you know. Like I didn't get I didn't get into professional wrestling because of like Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, doing stunners and all that. That's my favorite, by the way. I I gravitated towards him because of how he spoke, of what he did, his promos, you know, flipping flipping Mr. McMahon the, the middle earth, the beer drinking. All that good stuff. It was it was those intangibles of what he did that pulled me in, and that's what I think that other people know, subconsciously or not. You know that there there are aspects about a performer that gravitates them to them, um, and that's what's so important when you get onto that bigger stage is that that persona part of you. You know, we can recite Hulk Hogan promos, Macho Man promos, Steve Austin whoever, you know, th those, those are the ones in the conversation. So I think that those that have really taken Twitter the past or Twitter or online past year to develop their persona, they are where they are now because of that. I think this is perfect to segue back to you and the bachelor gimmick that you, you portray. How did, how did that come about? I actually said to you a few months, maybe two, three months ago on wrestling travel about angel Garza stole the gimmick with the rose. <laughs> but I said, just get a bouquet for the ladies instead. <laughs> That's right, you know, and and, and, I, and I do believe I said on there like, hey, who taught him that? You know, <laughs> no, but um, I don't know, and and and, I, and that's something that like people it's like, oh man, they you know they stole that, they stole that, that. There's hardly anything original in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, if I see little aspects of that on TV, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be offended. You know, I'll. I'll it's it's a compliment, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's yeah. a compliment, you know. Whether they did directly steal it from me or not, whatever. It's like but, it's like Scott Putsky said to me. Sorry, Ben. It's like Scott Scott Putsky said to me. Everyone's stealing shit from everybody. Nobody's reinventing the wheel because it's been done. Things have been done time and time again. It's just it's just how it is, isn't it? Yep, and, and plus too, it's like I'm I'm the guy that's been doing it the past you know a couple years you know like I'm, I don't think he's been doing it now but uh, but now so like how it developed was that um, the for the first several years of my career I was Big Bear Benjamin Boone and it was my way of trying to be like an Austin like a Rhino like those influences but it wasn't totally me I was just a guy on the car. Um, and I, I hit this point in my career about five years ago where um, all of a sudden my run with, you know, like the Iron Curtain, things like that, it ran its course. Um, and I really wasn't wrestling a whole lot. So it was it was time to reinvent myself. It was just that time. So I started going to uh, uh, bachelor auditions, like for the television show around the area, like in Cleveland and Detroit. And I took the social media to say, like, hey, like, you know, tweet at ABC that include, you know, Benjamin Boone as part of, you know, Bachelorette and all that. Um, and 
it, it was uh, Gregory Iron uh, who reached out to me and said, like, hey, I don't know what you're doing with this, with this, uh, with these auditions, but if you were smart, you would develop that into your persona, into your character. And that was, that was the light bulb moment that I needed. Um, so I was starting to figure out ways to totally reinvent myself um, in terms of my style, my approach, my character, my promos, things like that, you know? So I, I got to do some, play around some promos I did. Uh, the gear that I wore uh, was nicely provided by uh, Madman Fulton, who did, uh, he did, he did a character in NXT um, and he had like the single strap tuxedo um, that, that he gave to me. And uh, we, we worked out an arrangement of, of me returning the favor um, for, for his generosity. Um, so everything just fell into place like very quickly for that. And being able to come out with the rose as an identity, I've always been a prop guy. So having something that you come out with as whether a prop, something that you could use in a match or something that you can give away, like Bret Hart with the glasses, you know, that was part of his persona because he would take them off and give them to a kid. Um, that, that was, I took that as inspiration. If I'm a baby face, you know, if I come off the rose, I give it to, you know, to somebody, you know, if I'm a heel, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a jerk about it. Um, you know, the music, I think that came pretty quickly, the uh, seal kiss by a rose. Cause it's an instantly recognizable song. Absolutely. Um, it was on Batman forever as well. That's right. <laughs> you know, underrated gem, an underrated gem of film. And, uh, and nobody hates it. Nobody hates it. It's a, tune. Um, it's a tune, man. I'm telling you, I've, uh, someone did a cover. I've seen it on Spotify, like a rock cover. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting. Sorry, I'm jumping in here. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. No, you're fine. You know, like the, the rock cover, you know, yeah. but like I want the true, the true blue yeah. version. You know, because everybody comes out to either rock or rap, you know, so it's like, no, screw that. If I'm The Bachelor, I'm coming out to this, you know, and I'm making my entrance a performance. Um which is something that, you know, some guys can do, but that's awesome. what I, I thought was a lost art of, you know, making your entrance part of the show, you know, like Shane Strickland, you know, um, you know, coming out to Shaka Khan, you know, Ain't nobody. you know, that was part of his entrance on the independence, you know, um, and that's, and that's, that establishes the mood of who you are. Um, even, even if you have a match and the fans don't remember a thing about it, they remember the entrance, um, and there, and there, you know, from my peer, my peers, some, you know, hesitation, you know, one of which, uh, I know, you know, he took me under his wing, his wing. Um, he really helped in getting my name out there. Um, really, you know, helping pick his brain about etiquette and psychology, of the business. He was not sold on it. I remember being backstage, uh, at a show in Pittsburgh and he came up to me and said like, man, like I, I just I don't get the bachelor gimmick, you know. I, I think that it's it's something that's not it's not going to get over, and I, I made it work, you know. So like, you know, and, and he'll he'll still call me up asking for a rose. So <laughs> <laughs> he liked it deep down. That's uh, right. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know, so if I was able to like you know change his opinion on it, then uh, then you know I, I was able to you know get that across and if I'm able to explain it to somebody that doesn't know wrestling and they say the bachelor, they instantly know what it is. So there, there is that instant connection. That's perfect. No, hey, that's, that's it, man. 
It polarizes wrestling. They, that's 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 what you want, Mark. I think now would be a good time to talk about Skull and Bones as assistant trainer, and you're there with Crimson and Trey Miguel, two great talents. So how how's um, that been? How how's that been training the stars of tomorrow? How how does it obviously differ to being a wrestler training the guys? You know, it's 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 great to be like in that mentorship role, you know, and, and being there when I can, you know, that's why. You know, like, I'll, I'll be there, you know, once or twice a week. But, you know, Trey Miguel and, you know, Crimson, they're the guys that are, they run the school. They're there four days a week, um, you know, making sure the lights are kept on, the bills are being paid uh, for it. And, you know, and, and they themselves, you know, Trey Miguel, you know, he's world-traveled. You know, he's, he's one of the main stars in Impact Wrestling. Um, Crimson, CK3, he's been world-traveled, um, and he's wrestled in every major promotion that there is. Um you know, provides that both together provide a wealth of knowledge, you know, and they combine uh, the, the old school and the new school approach to wrestling for, you know, for tomorrow's stars. And then, you know, people like myself, Brian Castle, uh, Dickie Bronson, and like I mentioned earlier, uh, the Iron Manager, JT Davidson, you know, to provide additional touches for, you know, their, their in-ring work, footwork, transitions, um, you know, like the, the persona part. Um, it's, it's Skull and Bones has gotten a lot of attention, you know, just recently um, Skull and Bones was featured in it on Impact Wrestling. And uh, one of the students, Sam Beal, uh, did have a match on there with his trainer, uh, Trey Miguel. Um, so you're seeing Skull and Bones, you know, be, be being promoted. Now very very on, prevalent. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, Alex Shelley, you know, he's been stopping there to help with, you know, Trey Miguel. Um, and, and he's certainly... Both he and Chris Saban have have put over Skull and Bones on on Twitter online, you know. Um, and we, and we've had people like Gregory Iron, we've had Rhino, um, you know, other people doing seminars at the school. The the Rascals, you know, or MSK now, mm -hmm. right before they they uh, signed with NXT, you know, that that people are stopping here now to to you know to help their students. To, to promote school. So, I mean, it's, it's a great feeling, man. You know, um, I'm just a small part of it, but uh, being able to, to help and, and provide whatever knowledge I can, I can contribute to help the stars of tomorrow. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wonderful feeling, man. It's, it's a great way of giving back. Um, ultimately that's, that should be the life cycle of the wrestler of, you know, when you start out, you're being provided wealth, knowledge, you're given the tools to go on, develop yourself, um, get yourself established. And then, you know, when, when things are right, you come back and, and, and you provide that knowledge to the next batch, to the next batch of talent. Um, that's, that's how it should be. What would be your tips for guys that are going to be getting into the business? Benjamin Boone's tips for these, for so, these young trainees that are coming through. For, you know, first and foremost, you know, um, I would say definitely have the, the funds to, um, to, to, to provide your dream possible because wrestling schools, you know, they do cost money. So you need to have money, you know, set aside to make sure that you can put, you know, money down and then pay every month to, to continue your dream. Um, find a gym, you know, because you, you do need to be athletic. You do need to be in shape. Um, to, to be a pro wrestler. So make sure you find uh, a gym and, you know, most gyms are 20 bucks nowadays. So it's, it, 
so it's not it's not it's not that hard to uh, <laughs> to go to the gym and you know and train you know hour hour and a half two hours a day. Um, you know, watch what you can. You know, what made you love professional wrestling? Take what you love and make it a part of you. Um, and watch what you can too, because now we live in an age where we have so much information. We just touched on it. You know, is it too much? I don't know, but there's a lot out there for you to watch, not just WWE, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, you know, stuff on the independent, stuff in, in the UK, stuff in Australia, stuff all over the world, Japan, um, for you to pick and choose, you know, right down, um, also be reliable too, because that's a big aspect of this business is reliability. You could be the most talented person in the world, but if you have poor etiquette, if you have a poor mindset, you're not going to get very far. So making sure that you have um, a good mindset and being reliable. If you're going to, if you're going to say you're going to go to training, show up, um, make sure that your vehicle's working. You know what I mean? Cause you know, here in the United States, I mean, the United States is a huge country. We, you could drive to Canada from here. Canada's only 45 minutes from, from my place. So, you know, having a car and a license to, to, get, to get yourself up and around. Um, and, and, and yes, you know, your car's going to break down. So have insurance, have AAA here to make sure that if your car breaks down, that you can get it fixed, you know. But most of all, have fun. This is your dream. This is your dream. So live your dream. I know it's become a cliche phrase of living the dream, but if you are living the dream, work towards your dream and make it happen. You know, this, 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 this ride, however long it lasts, few years, few decades, does not matter. These are going to be the most fun times of your life. So, you know, just love of every every moment of can even even the bad of it you're gonna you're gonna look back fondly and you'll you'll laugh and joke about you know if a if a promoter if a promoter was being crappy to you you know all that like you'll that that'll come up you know conversations or you know doing car rides and you know getting to bond people um and that's another thing too of, of the car just once you're once you're in training and and once you're doing matches jump in the car with people um you can choose talk wrestling. You know, that's how you learn is in the car. You know, um, talk about your matches. Talk about where you think the business should go. Um, I know I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm not, I'm a very wordy guy. So, it's you know, pick, you know, you can trim the fat of what I'm talking about. But, you know, in, in, in short, make sure that you have the, the funds available. Find a gym. Be reliable. Have a good working car and license. Have fun. I put it on. I put it on five fingers, four fingers, and one thumb. Look at that. So. <laughs> perfectly, perfectly encompassed the tips from the Bachelor Benjamin Boone. There, Ben. I'm going to ask you now. Favorite matches, but I'm going to be quite stringent and say you've got to pick a top three matches all time. As as a fan, as a wrestler, just yeah, a top three matches off the top of your head that you love to watch still to this day. Uh, the match that made me want to become a wrestler, Stone Cold versus The Rock, WrestleMania 17, uh, Houston, Texas. That was the match that made me want to become a wrestler. Um, Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 21. Um, a dream match and, and a dream match that I think probably was executed so well. 
Um, and I gotta say, man, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Halloween Havoc, 1997. Um, I don't work a cruiserweight style, but the way that they were able to work their, their cruiserweight spots and do it in such a great storytelling fashion just came off so beautifully. And I think that's the template of where you could trace where wrestling is now is because of that match. And plus, Eddie Guerrero, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, um, even then in WCW, he was the cut above. I mean, he was just so good with his psychology and his persona. Um, but yeah, that, that, that what I would say is my top three, my friend. You could hear Shivani and, and Heenan all them years ago about Eddie, just the, the, the fondness for him even now. And I know he went, he went over to WWF in the end 2000 with the Radicals. But yeah, just uh, all their matches, they're timeless. You can put them on now. They still hold up today. And that, that's the beauty. That's the beauty. When you can do a match like that, it's just incredible. Great, great list, by the way. Great list. Thank you. Yep. And, 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 and I know there's other matches. It's like, oh, what about this, this, this? But hey, you told me off the top of my head. So there you go. You could, <laughs> you could do a top 100 like me. It's like when I get put on the spot. It's like when they say about a Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. I can't limit it to a Mount Rushmore because there have been so many different guys I've loved watching over the years, man. He's talking like 30, 30 years watching wrestling just over now. And it's uh, it's hard. You can't you can't encapsulate it so short. It's it's so wide. It's so vast what we've been able to see over the years. Right. And it's so subjective, too, because, you know, your favorite wrestler is different, is different from mine and from, you know, anybody else's. Bret Hart, hands down for me, though, when I'm asked. <laughs> So, absolutely. Uh, ben, where can we find you in terms of social media? Where can we find the Bachelor Benjamin Boone? You can find me at Benjamin Boone 1, B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N-B-O-O-N-E, number one, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Cameo, so you can find uh, Benjamin Boone on Cameo. Um, I'm pretty... Pretty close to maxed out on uh, on Facebook, but feel free to uh, send me a friend request and or follow there. Um, and yeah, and, and uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash Benjamin Boone. You can find all my designs from my Big Bear days to now with The Bachelor. So pick up a tea. I will gladly uh, send you a very nice personalized email if you order from me. And uh, that's those are ways that you can follow me and support me. Is there anything in terms of shows coming up? Have you got have you got any shows coming up? I know obviously a lot of the places are shut down still. Yeah, so um, like I said, I had my first match back uh, this past Saturday with uh, Bruce City Wrestling. Um, I'm back there on April 9th. Um, and I have a couple more shows uh, coming up. Uh, Heroes and Legends, uh, that's going to be in late April. They're out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, Heroesandlegends.com. Um so, yeah, I mean, I have a couple shows coming up uh, in, in April. Um, you know, things are reopening slowly. I'm still taking uh, proper precautions as far as keeping myself safe and healthy uh, during this, this pandemic. Um, and the news of uh, adults um, being, being qualified to vaccinate uh, before the end of May here in the United States, um, I, when, when I get that, that, that letter saying I can get it, I will get it. Um, cause you know, I do want to get back on the road. Um, I do want to travel internationally, um, get, give my roses away to Absolutely. people, uh, you know, outside yeah. the United States cause they deserve it too. <laughs> <laughs> 
My guest, all the way from Toledo, Ohio. My first guest from Ohio, actually. We're nearly on our 80 episodes. It's the Bachelor Benjamin Boone, trainer at the Skull and Bones Pro Wrestling Academy with Crimson and Train Raquel. Absolute pleasure having you on Stu's Wrestling Podcast today. Really enjoyed it. Stewie, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to be back and uh, we can do this again. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you in association with Powered 4 TV. So go and check them out for anything wrestling related, old events, new events when we come out of COVID, podcasts, you name it, it's all there at Powered 4 TV. So find them across social media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.